Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com. We are here at Silver Ranch, and you know what? It's it's fun. It's a fun place. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't always around here. I, I grew up down in the suburbs of Chicago, but I had the privilege of uh, coming up here as a kid. Um, and at the time, you always dream of like, oh, I'd love to live at camp someday. And then life happens, you know. But I ended up here, which has been fun. Well, you were you were not only here; you ended up in Ireland at some. point. I did. Yeah, I was actually. I lived in Northern Ireland for four years. So Chicago, um, Northern Chi- Ireland. Well, it was, yeah, I was actually Chicago, Minneapolis, like. Minneapolis, St. Paul area. That's for college. Yeah. You were there. Yep. Did and you do an internship there too? I did. Yeah, I did an internship, and, okay. and uh, which is through the internship and eventually a part-time job, which brought me over to Ireland. Okay. And then. Um, and what there. did you do in Ireland? Uh, I worked with high schoolers. Okay. You know, um, middle school and high schoolers. They don't really have middle school. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, and just did you know discipleship sort of stuff, mentoring, and even outreach. Um, all that sort of thing. And then you were so. back here at Silver Birch Ranch and saw your wife-to-be that wasn't your wife-to-be, and eventually she became your wife, and then eventually you just stayed here. So Say that that's five the, times fast. That's the story. That is the in story. A short, in, in a, a short, short, brief. Concise brief. Yeah. Well, when so. I was a kid, I remember, you know, we grew up in the city proper, Chicago, in the city itself. Yeah. And, you know, I could grab, if I really leaned far enough in my neighbor did, we could grab each other and pull each other out of the windows of our house were close together there those houses are close yeah and so when we came up here in the summers i always thought wow can you can you even imagine what it'd be like to live in an area where you didn't have a house so close that you could hear the conversations on both sides yeah did you have a a string telephone with your neighbor uh no because my neighbor was an old guy oh but i mean there were some young people in the house but but the the guy that i no. You always see that in like old stories. Yeah. And I'm wondering if anybody actually did it. I think I made one as a kid. Well, I know people made one. Yeah. We did it in my basement. But I, they always showed it from like house to house. And yeah. I've yet to meet anybody that actually did it house to house. Yeah. Well, my kids up here, we thought it was cool. They used to have this intercom thing that went through a transformer. Okay. So whatever, if you had a house that was on one transformer, uh, you know, up here in the country, they would take the, the power and they'd bring it to a pole. There'd be a transformer. Yep. And, and on the pole by my house, there's four houses that come off that. Okay. So I could, we bought a unit for our daughter and she had her, her friend in the house next to us. And if they plugged it in, they could talk to each other through that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it went through the transformer. So It was a phone? No, it was actually a, like an intercom. Really? Yeah, but it actually just went through. And we thought that was pretty cool. I would think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, they they still have them, I'm sure. It's just cell phones kind of taken over, so I don't think they use them much. This but is true. This is very true. Yeah. Different, different world, different technology now. Yeah. Well, the last time you and I were talking about what the common thoughts of, of a blue collar, well, I'm not sure blue collar, white collar, whatever, uh, but people who live in northern Wisconsin, they're just normal people, and we thought, you know, what if they had actually a voice in the government? Hmm. Because most of us feel like we don't have one. Yeah. So I want to encourage everyone that's listening, if you haven't, uh, if you didn't hear that podcast, go back to Relate365.com and get that podcast. And I want to encourage those who have been quiet to respectfully make their voices heard. Yeah. And that's there's all. a way to do that. You know? Yeah. Not, not to disrespect. I, I mean, there's plenty of social media calling people names and doing things. Please don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I think there are representatives at your local level, your state level. There's representatives in Washington. And if you could write a respectful letter and say, I just want you to know how I'm thinking. Right. That's all. I think that we, the people, need to keep our voice in front of those who are in office. Yeah. 
And even though, honestly, I think you're wasting your time, I know, that's why we don't do it. Right. But if we would do it, maybe there'd be enough voices mm-hmm. that would register and they would say, you know, what? there's actually people who think in this way. Mm-hmm. And if we're always silent, those of us that think a certain way, because we're being intimidated, because people will yell at us or whatever else it might be. Um, I know that that it bothers me if someone says, well, you are disrespectful and you're not, because I'm trying to be respectful. Mm-hmm. So so they know the buttons to push on me. Yeah. But that means then I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say things and I should say them because I am responsible and I'm respectful and because I do love the people, I should say something if I see it and believe in it. Right. And I think, you know, you strip that back to its core, you know, and, and this is very, like, I don't know, kind of relevant for me. You know, I have three boys at home, you know, seven, four, and three. And with our oldest one, we're trying to get them to the point, you know, and I think every parent does this, where, where you know, we want them to feel comfortable and open and honest to talk about anything. Right. Or to ask any question. And, to you know, that way we, we try to create a, you know, a habit of like, you know, this is a safe place to talk about anything, you know? And I think any parent would, would say that, yeah, we're trying to do that too, you know, and that's at its core. And so somewhere along the line, we've got to the point now in culture where it's like, you know, people can't talk about stuff because they're going to get attacked for saying it. Right. You know, and I think there's, it goes back to the simplicity behind the concept of we need to get back to the point where we could voice our questions and our concerns, even if you disagree with them, without being judged. Because that's a responsible thing to do, you know? I mean, and it's the opposite of that that we're starting to see where people don't feel comfortable about sharing what they're feeling, what they're going through. And, and, and that translates into even loneliness and, and who knows what on a, on a bigger level. Now, obviously, I, I took <laughs> something smaller and, and looked at the bigger issue. No, but well, I think there's so much importance behind doing what we're doing on the show all the time. Right. Talking, you know, and I'm, I guarantee you that there are probably, you know, some of you out there that disagree with what we say. And that's fine. You have every right, you know, and I encourage you to talk about that. But it, like Dave was just saying, there's no reason part of the responsibility behind it is saying it in a respectful way and not attacking each other. Right. That you way- know, it's important, I think, to talk to people who I would say was, is outside your bubble. Yeah. In other words, there, there's people who don't see the world like you see it. And if you can have yeah. a respectful dialogue with them, mm-hmm. you're okay. Yeah. I, 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 you don't have to agree with them at the end. Right. And you don't have to have the mentality of, I need to change their thoughts. Right. Just talk about it and say, well, why do you, where does that come from? Why do you think that? Yeah. You know, and in a respectful way, not saying like, all right, help me under, you know, help me see, you know, what you want me to see. Yeah. Even I if I disagree with you. One of the best lines that I use when I'm talking to somebody who's very antagonistic towards what I believe is, please help me understand why you think that way. Yeah. And then I'm quiet and I just look at them. Right. And a lot of times I get frustrated with that. I'm, I'm not trying to do anything other than really, please help me understand because I don't see anything like you see it. Right. Could you please help me understand why you see it that way? Mm-hmm. And if you really have some great reasons, I'd like to know them. Yeah. I'm not afraid of, of abandoning the truth because truth will trump everything. It trumps my opinion. It will trump... In the end, I'm going to stand before God, and if I believe anything that isn't in the Scriptures or goes against what God says, I'm going to be proven to be wrong. Mm -hmm. So I I understand that. But I also know that if you really think something, I need to understand why you're thinking it. And really, 
I'm not sure that you care why I think what I think, mm-hmm. you know, it, because in the long run, you know, at 65 years old, I've already developed a certain thought process. I believe a certain way for you to persuade me would be very difficult. Mm-hmm. I think that what's going to happen is that I will continue to grow and change, but it's God who does that to me through circumstances of life. He knows how to set them up and get it so that I can listen uh, to him and change and, and, and be pliable. But part of actually an educational process that's worth anything is a dialogue that takes place between people respectfully, especially when they disagree. If you're trying to make the person that you're talking to that you disagree with, if you're trying to make them look dumb, you've already blown the, the, the discussion. Yeah. The idea isn't to make somebody look dumb or to have somebody look at you and go, look how smart I am. Right. You know, when I got my, ma- I got a master's in science and education from the University of Illinois. Right. Uh, n- n- no, it was, in, it was Northern Illinois. So I don't know if that's all the same or not. But, Who knows? Um, one of the things that astounded me was sometimes when I was talking to a professor, it seemed like all they were trying to do was use words that I didn't understand, mm-hmm. concepts I could never grasp, and so that when we were finished talking, they could look at me and say, you're not very smart. Mm. Now, is that really the goal? Mm. Like, when I come up to a, a very smart professor to ask a question, I do understand that they probably have a vocabulary that's larger than mine. They mm-hmm. probably have doctoral dissertations written on things that I do not understand. Right. They probably know about species, I was in science, that I've never even dreamt about. <laughs> and they could use illustrations that I can't even talk about. Yeah. Does that help me understand anything? Mm-mm. It just shows me how dumb I am. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to prevent. We don't try and show people how smart we are. Yeah. We try and dialogue with people. In fact, as a teacher, I have a couple of rules. Number one rule is there are no bad students, only bad teachers. Mm-hmm. What that does is it helps me dialogue with students. Yeah. You know, so if I'm teaching your son something, and I, w- I would encourage all of you that have children to think the same way, is you know, if you trying to teach your son or your daughter something and they don't get it, then you didn't teach them yet. Right. And I think every parent faces that because there's always a situation where you're trying to teach your son or your daughter something and you may say something. And as you're saying it in your in your own hand, you're like, all right, I just said stuff that they don't understand. Right. How can I use different words to help them understand this concept? Right. We, I mean, at least me, I've faced that a hundred of times, you know, yeah. because my four year old knows stuff. You know, and my seven-year-olds know more stuff. And so I could talk to my seven-year-old different than I could talk to my four-year-old. And that's just the way it is. And that's the way that we need to have, not saying, you know, but the irresponsible, you you know, you want when you're talking, in my mind, you talk so that the other person has understanding. The irresponsible parent will say, well, I told them. Okay, you did tell them. But do you realize they, they didn't understand it? Yeah. So did you tell them? Right. And, and my role as a teacher, as a father, is if, if they didn't understand it, if they didn't really learn what they should have learned, then I didn't teach it yet. So what that makes me do is get creative and go back and look at it again mm-hmm. and try and figure out how can I say this a different way. Yeah. Uh, another rule that goes right along with that, and it's, it's probably, they're probably the same in a way, but I still have it a different rule, is if they didn't hear me, I didn't say it. Mm. Yeah. You know, so it's like, uh, you know, I, you, you tell your child something and, and, you know, they didn't do it, whatever else it might be. 
And, and later it's like, well, I told you this. And they go, when'd you tell me that? Well, if they didn't hear it, mm-hmm. then I need to say it another way. I need, again, it, it's kind of the same rule, but it's, I want to take, the general rule is Dave Wager needs to be responsible. Yeah. If I want to teach somebody and they haven't learned, then I need to be responsible to keep trying to teach them, not just blame it on the fact that they're not listening. Yeah. Because everybody learns differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage parents to look at their children and figure out how they learn. Some need the quiet reflection. They're going to just sit there and learn that way. Some need to be lectured. They, you know, I like lectures. Yeah. Some people don't do well in lectures. They, have, they need to have hands-on. They need to see it. They need to participate in it. Um, I don't think anyone learns anything until they teach it. Mm-hmm. So I think if you have a child at home, you have three boys, they're different ages. I would start working at having your older child teach your middle child yeah. things. Why? They'll really learn it then. Mm-hmm. Have them teach them math. Yeah. Have them teach them science concepts. And then have your middle child, and, and any family can emulate that because mm-hmm. when you teach something, you actually learn it and you learn the principles that I'm talking about. Yeah. Because what if, what if your oldest son came to you and said, I told him, Dad. Well, you just talked about being responsible. The principle is you told him, but he didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So did you tell him? Yeah. And your son goes, I did tell him. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's talk about the responsibility of the teller, right. the talker. The responsibility is that they really need to hear what you say, and if they didn't, did you really say it? Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, your son's learning something at a very early age. Yeah, I have responsibility to look at the person that I'm trying to communicate with and figure out what I need to do so they understand what I said. Absolutely. That is so rare and so important. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I have to have a young person around me to interpret what somebody else said. <laughs> <laughs> With a new terminology. Yes. Sometimes I really, I mean, I'm sitting there and someone's talking to me and I just look at them. Yeah. And if somebody's sitting around me that knows me, they'll tell me what, if my daughter's around, who's a teacher, who's a, one's a teacher, one's a social worker, they'll interpret for me real quickly. That's funny. Because they're around kids all the time and they'll say, dad, they said this. <laughs> I go, okay, I know what you mean now. That's funny. Um, and that's the importance of communication, to be responsible, to know that people can actually hear you. Yeah. Now, the other, the other way around is when your children tell you something, mm-hmm. how do you know you heard what they actually meant? Because their language is, is sometimes limited. You just, you know, for sometimes I'm like, all right, what did I say? Yeah. The the other thing is when, let's say your son tells you something or asks you something, one of the things you could do is just look at him and say, here's what I heard you ask. Yeah. And repeat it to him and say, no, dad, that's not what I meant. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now what are you doing? You're teaching to be responsibility in the question. You're teaching them again, responsibility. Yeah. And you're doing it in a very acceptable, wonderful way. You're saying, I did listen so that the sound waves went in my ear, into my brain. I, I got all that part. But here's what I think you said. And you're giving them a chance to either affirm, yes, that's exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. Now you've reaffirmed something really good in their life. Or they say, that's not what I said. You've given them the opportunity to see there that they can adjust how they said it mm-hmm. to actually reflect what they mean. Yeah, I, Those things are lost a lot of times. You know, we just listen to what they say and roll our eyes. Yeah. Because and then we do what they ask, but you know, if you say um, clean the car, yeah, 
Well, what does that mean? Right. You can't really tell. How old is your oldest? Seven. If you just tell a seven-year-old to clean the car, mm-hmm. and you've never given them instructions, you've never clean is a relative term, right? And what you know, go pick up a wrapper that's yeah. on the floor, or yeah. you know. So what you have to do if you're going to communicate well is the the term to a seven-year-old clean the car is not going to be understood. So you're not even responsible saying it. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is go. I want to go out and clean the car with you, and I want to show you what I mean. When I say clean the car, mm-hmm. you with me? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he's going to go, oh, okay. Yeah, let's do it. The next time you can say go clean the car, he knows what you meant. Yep. Then you tell him sometime, take your brother and teach him what I mean by clean the car. Mm-hmm. Now he's teaching it. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's how you teach. And that's how you be responsible. It isn't go clean the car when they don't do it. goes, ah, he cleaned it like a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then you go fix it and finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the way you teach people. You yeah. teach them by actually understanding what they heard you say and then adjusting to it. Yeah. And that could be in the Bible. It could be uh, around the house. It could be anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as we talk about responsibility, one of the things we learn is we have to be responsible teachers to our children, responsible communicators to our spouse, our children. We're just responsible in that way. Yeah. Uh, another way to teach responsibility, um, it, we're supposed to love one another, yep. right? Do you ever really have discussions with your kids on what that looks like? I mean, what does loving somebody else look like? Yeah, we you try to dumb it down. Okay, and and how would you how would you be? I mean, I need to be responsible. In other words, to love other people. Yep. So, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, you start with simple concepts. You know, it's like, all right, would you want your brother to do this to you? Okay. You know. Well, no. Yeah. I think, too, I think maybe to, to sit with them sometime and say, you know what, uh, Widow Jones, whoever, let's say you're just talking about, um, you know, her husband died. Oh, yeah, Dad, that, that's rough, yeah. What things do you think she struggles with around the house now that her husband died? Mm-hmm. Let him come up with them. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you it's tough. I bet you he used to do, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. Now, you could leave it there. Yeah. Or you could start with the next responsible thing. How would we love Widow Jones? I mean, how, how would mm-hmm. we do that? Yeah. And let him come up with, you know, Dad, maybe I should go shovel the snow in her driveway this winter. You know, I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. That, that would be responsible. Because what you've done is you've said, I know we're supposed to love this lady. I understand she's had a loss in her life. There's a way that I can tangibly go do that. So now I am putting myself in a position where I'm responsible for doing that. Mm-hmm. Boy, you raise your kids like that, yeah. all of a sudden they are these responsible children who down the road, you don't have to say anything. You could just say, do you know that this person broke their leg and, and, and now they can't you know, get the things done around the house that they used to? And your older son will go, I have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, Dad, let's make a list of things they can't do anymore and see if there's something we need to do. Yeah. How many parents would think, my kid, Mm -hmm. wow. Wow, yeah. Well, they don't get that way one day and just do it on their own. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying for someone like you, you'd be responsible for setting it up Yeah. in a simple way, discussions first, example, and then down the road, you watch 
your son, you're, in your case, you have all boys, so that's why I'm saying son, but you let your son teach your middle child mm-hmm. that same, have him have the same discussion. Go talk with your brother about the things in Widow Jones's life that are different now that her husband died. Mm-hmm. Just go have a discussion with him and go listen to the discussion. You'll see it mirrors what you talked to him about. Yeah. And eventually, they're both over there shoveling the driveway. Mm-hmm. And not because they're getting paid for it, but because they feel responsible to love. Yeah. And that's what they learned from you and your wife and, and the other adults, hopefully from the church that are influencing them, is they've learned how to serve like that. Yeah. And, and I think that if, if we could be responsible in those little areas, mm-hmm. so responsible in communication, responsible in education, responsible in loving you know, it, 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 having that talk about, okay, God loves us and we're told to love him. So now talking with your children about what is the responsible thing, response for somebody who's loved by God? What do we do? Mm-hmm. Well, well, that discussion can go everywhere. Yeah. Well, would you ignore God? Mm-hmm. If, if God is somebody that you were made to love and, and, and somebody that you loved, do you love your mom? Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you ignore her? Would you not want to spend any time with her? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So how do we spend time with God? Now you've got a responsible, yeah. again, discussion. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many times in today's culture parents will use this concept of responsibility mm. and, and, and not how others are responsible to you, mm-hmm. but what you are what to What you do. are to them, yep. Yeah. Uh, financially, what's financial responsibility? Not spending more than what you earn. How do you teach them that? You know, I mean, and how do you teach them? Did they ever break something that they needed to replace? Not yet. Yeah, that's a good lesson. Yeah, I and mean, when they borrow something from somebody and they break it. Yep. Um, I remember not too long ago, I borrowed a big piece of equipment from camp and broke the window in it. Hmm. Five hundred dollars later. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at it going, I just wanted this for 10 minutes. Yep. You know, we have to rent the camp equipment, and it was not that expensive. I was just going to move a log. Yep. I spun it around, and a branch hit the window and busted and actually psh- two of them. Two of them, not just one, but yeah, two. Yeah, because the way the the Y in the branch went, it oh, just busted them. Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at this glass on the ground going, really? Mm-hmm. I just took a vehicle that wasn't mine. Even though I rented it legitimately, you know, I mean, because we could do that, but I busted the window and I shouldn't have busted it. Right. I went in and told my wife, responsible, take a note, we got to pay for a window on that thing. Mm-hmm. Went over and told our maintenance guy, busted the window. When you get it fixed, give me the bill. Yep. I, it's killing me. I mean, right. I don't want to be responsible. Yep. I want to say, just stupid. I want to blame the branch. I want to blame. The window's too cheap. <laughs> it's the window's fault. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Somehow, I didn't want to be responsible. Yeah, yeah. But being responsible was the right thing to do, and paying that is the right thing to do. And that was the most expensive branch I have ever moved mm. till date. And <laughs> and now I'm I'm hesitant borrowing equipment because right. I don't want to pay for a window. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think those are things that we have to teach the next generation. What's it res- like to be responsible? Yeah. And if people have listened to the last podcast we did, I, I don't think we can have them look at our government to learn that. Mm-hmm. I think it's harder and harder to look outside of our families to learn that. Mm-hmm. I think it starts with our family. Yeah. 
And so I think mom and dads need to get together or, or, you know, and talk. Adults in the church need to say, let's make sure that, that we personally are being responsible. Mm-hmm. And part of that is listening to what God says and using our resources in a way that's right. So we're yeah. going to take care of widows. We're going to take care of orphans. We know that's right yeah. you know, to do. Uh, we're going to make sure that the needs of, the, of those who are truly needy in our community are met by the church, not by the government. Because we know it's right to do. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, we have a, a framework for what responsibility actually looks like. Absolutely. And um, I would encourage everybody, young families like you and your wife, to just have discussions on let's think in terms of every day. We're talking to kids. Let's think in terms of responsibility. And I think one of the reasons I stress that so is um, I think I am tired at my age of hearing of all the victimhood. Mm. Victims end up getting to a point where they don't do anything mm-hmm. and they let their victimhood paralyze them. Yeah. You know, I don't have a lot of money, so I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a lot of status, so I don't have any say. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I'm not important person, so it doesn't matter whether I speak up and help or not. Yeah. No, I, every, everybody needs to be responsible with whatever God has given them mm-hmm. in life. When I was a kid, I, I had several operations on my hips. I was in a wheelchair and out for a while, crutches. In, in a weird way, I had a responsibility to live in a way that demonstrated who God was while in a wheelchair. Mm. You never had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. See, even in life's tough circumstances, I think we need to look at what we're responsible to do with them. Yeah. And being a victim is not being responsible. Mm-hmm. I understand that sometimes people do things that harm us and we can't do anything about. Yeah. And they do scar us maybe forever. But focusing on the scar and focusing on being the victim isn't going to solve any problems. Yeah. We need to be responsible within what's happened to, to be people who say, I will use this circumstance to show the world who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Elijah on Mount Carmel. Yeah. All these prophets of Baal that were wrong. Okay, I will use their prophecies. I will use their desire to show this God. I will use it responsibly. I am going to use it to show who God is. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a responsible use of an adverse situation. Yeah. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep. Were they irresponsible because they wouldn't bow? Mm-hmm. No, they were responsible because they were saying, we have a position, we can point to God, I know it means that we'll burn to death, Yeah. but responsible people listen to God so God can use them to show the world who he is. That's what responsibility looks like. Yeah. And uh, I think we train that from a very young age. Your boys are young enough to train them in that responsibility thing. You'd be a very uh, unique person if you actually do that because I think most children today are not trained in being responsible. They can walk by paper. You know, camp, you walk by paper. Till this day, I walk by when I see it, I got to pick it up because as a kid, my dad told me, be responsible. Mm -hmm. Little things that somehow matter. Yeah, and I think it starts now, whether you're, you know, like my the age of my sons and you're teaching them or even, I mean, every day. You know, absolutely. It's just it doesn't matter the age. I think responsibility starts with us. And what can you do 
not what somebody else can do. What can you do? And that's where it's got to start. I mean, and that goes even back to the main principle, love God and love others. But unfortunately, we're out of time here uh, on Younger and Older. I encourage you to head over to Relate365.com to uh, re-listen to this and others. But uh, this is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.